Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. This podcast is a little different today. Um, I wanted to air a fantastic conversation I had on the What the Parent podcast with PJ and Kara. Um, we had such a good conversation. It's so funny. It's so interesting. They're such amazing uh, hosts. Uh, it was great. And we talk about gladiator kids and how hard they are and how difficult they are and how exhausting they can be how funny and amazing and energetic they can be, um, and what a responsibility it is to raise a child like this. So enjoy the What the Parent podcast. Hi, I'm Kara. And I'm PJ. And this is What the Parent. What the Parent, brought to you by... I am Spartacus. <laughs> I remember just I am, Spartacus. I know. I'm laughing about that because we are talking about gladiators today. We are. We're talking we are. about gladiator children. This is for Sparta. <laughs> Does your child remind you of someone who... When you're like, why am I... Why do I have Russell Crowe in my house? That's right. Why, why, is, why, why are they Kirk fighting Douglas? me why all the time here? to yeah. the death? Yes. Who brought that lion in here? And why is there a net and a trident? I don't know. I don't know. But it's all the time. Every day. Oh, gladiator. Gladiator kids. kids. Gladiator, gladiator kids. kids. Yeah. We we have the wonderful Jennifer Kalari on today. Family, the family best. and child therapist. She founded Connected Parenting. You may recall her from season one. We had her That's on right. Right. to talk about the calm technique and how to connect with your kids and have a deeper relationship with them. And she's going to be talking about gladiator kids today. She is. And I mean, first of all, just what an incredible resource she oh, is. She's, yeah. And also the resources that she's put out there for people. When you have when you have a spare moment, check out her website, connectedparenting.com. Yeah. All together. It is you want to talk about a treasure trove of help and information and guidance and tips and tricks and all kinds of things to make you somehow everyone's a great parent. And if you're if you're listening and you're checking things out, it means that you care. Yeah. Which is awesome. But we all have something to learn. And oh, yeah. it's it's just a great resource. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for, for parents out there, the minute we said gladiator kid, I assume some of you are like, oh yeah, I got one of those. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I got one. <laughs> I got one of the three. One of the three is definitely. Yes. Definitely yes. it. <laughs> and as easy as it is to be frustrated and see the gladiator kid as as a problem. Right. They're the ones that are always, so why? Why? Why do I have to do yeah. that? Why, 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 right. why? As, as, more of a, as more of a struggle, she really does show how we can take a look at these children as true gifts. Yes. And, and to uh, give us tips on how to cultivate those gifts yeah. for the good and not for the bad. That's right. Use those, those powers for good, not evil. <laughs> <laughs> so we're super excited for you guys to, yeah. to hear about all of this and get more with Miss Jennifer Kalari. So without further ado, here is Miss Jennifer Kalari. All right. Well, we're here with Jennifer Kalari. She's a child and family therapist and of course the founder of Connected Parenting. We're so very excited to have her back on the show. As you know, she's one of the nation's leading parenting experts. She has practices in San Diego and Toronto. Uh, she's the author of Connected Parenting, How to Raise a Great Kid. And check out her site, connectedparenting.com and her podcast, of course, Connected Parenting and the Mental Health Comedy Podcast. Jennifer, welcome back. Oh, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this. I had yeah. so much fun the last time. Yes, we did too. We and actually, I was going to point out, she also wrote, you're ruining my life, but not really surviving yeah. teenage years with connected parents. Yes. I just want to throw that in there because you're ruining my life is basically the that. theme song of our children yeah. to us of our all the teenagers. Time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think the way they put it is just let me live my life. Like, you know, yes. like stop interfering. Right. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of that, I mean, we had an amazing time talking to you last time and there were so many topics we didn't really to get to, you know, dig into. And one of those, you mentioned gladiator kids and um, mm -hmm. we're pretty sure we have at least one gladiator yeah. kid in our home. <laughs> so, um, well, what is a gladiator kid and what are the best strategies in, in having a relationship with a gladiator yeah, that's kid? A, okay. That's a really good question. So um, to me, a gladiator kid is a sassy, feisty, no, why should I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. Stop running my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just um, let me live. Well, it, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> leave me alone. And everything is no and everything is why and very mm-hmm. intense. They can be very, I mean, they can be wonderful and funny and passionate, but they can be really difficult to parent. Now, the kind of kid, and this is probably the thing I'm the most proud of with connected parenting is because there are beautiful parenting methods out there, really lovely, very effective um, on regular kids. But a lot of those strategies backfire spectacularly. Yes. With gladiator kids. (laughs) Like it's just unbelievable how they don't work on these really like intense kids. And my theory is these are the kids are going to save us all. Okay. Yeah. They're the ones (laughs) who are passionate and they're going to, they're going to, what box? Forget being in a box. There is no box. Um, They're going to push boundaries. They're going to challenge paradigms. They're going to have the energy to push back on the things that are not working in our world. Yes. So I kind of have a lot of hope that they're going to help us all, but (laughs) we have to parent them in a way that keeps that passion, that energy, that creative flow that they have, but help them to fit in in the world so they don't get pushed to the periphery and end up in trouble all the time or angry or alienating people and not able to work in groups and and their self-esteem can get crushed very easily. They're highly, highly sensitive. Even though you would not think so, you know, they're the kind of kid where, you know, if they're fighting with a sibling, they will just say something so mean, so awful. And then when you challenge them on that, they're like, well, they deserved it. And what are you talking about? They they sort of, yeah, they really um, hit back hard. But part of that is that they feel often that they're in this position of defending themselves and attack. They're they're often feeling very vulnerable. So they come out just swinging and you're like, what is wrong with you? Calm down. So they have really big feelings that don't fit in their little bodies, but huge, huge, huge potential. So that's sort of my take on gladiator kids. And they can fit, you know, there can be lots of reasons why a kid is a gladiator. Often gifted kids fit into this category. Kids that have ADHD often fit into this category, but sometimes it's just temperamental. They literally just came out saying, no, why? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I I do feel like, at least in in our household, I don't know if these words are the right words, but I I feel like most of the kids are are like pleasers. Like they they are upset when we're upset and they're like, oh Mm -hmm. no, I want to make that right. I don't like it when mom or dad is mad at me. But it's like the gladiator kid is like, just be mad at me then. You know, like yeah. it's almost. I know what I know. I know, I know what, what I, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're wrong. And I'm not going to apologize. You know, there's that. Right. And it's so all the strategies that work on all, you know, the pleasers, yeah. which is fine. They're they're sociable and lovely sure, children. Of course. Um, but do not work at all. No, <laughs> you know? no. no. In know? fact, things like, you know, just kind of the general stuff just backfires, you know, in pretty extreme ways, even just down to like, take a break, go take a timeout now. Yes. You, I don't have to, you take a timeout. Like, right. you know, and you take stuff away and they're like, I don't care. Yes. Take it all away. Take it. it I, never, I never wanted my phone anyway. You take it. That's Fine. Right. You take it. Yeah. They're, they're very, um, consequence resistant, but, and they do need structure. They do need structure. And we can, we can dive into that a little bit. What does work with gladiator kids, but part of it is just understanding (laughs) how they really do have gifts to bring. And I think they're, they can be spectacular. It's just this dance to try to get them to, to line up with their best self and with what's, Mm -hmm. you know, with what they know and how to manage in the world without getting, without alienating themselves and and pissing people off, which is not easy. (laughs) Yeah. I've tried the the very scientific approach of saying, listen, kid, you have no frontal lobe. I am your brain. (laughs) You need to listen to me. Yes. Right. Yeah. That doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. No, no, because no, because they know everything and you know nothing. That's why. And and they are often quite bright. Right. And they really they they think quite deeply. Mm. Yeah. Um, But but because, you know. The wisdom is something that you, they just have to grow into and they cannot understand for, for a second. What do you mean you're my frontal lobe? You don't know anything about me. I'm my frontal lobe. Right. So right. It's, re- it's really challenging. It's funny. My my littlest one. So I have two, three kids and my oldest two were definitely not gladiators. My little definitely is. Yes. She's almost 18 now. And I remember her being, she was about 18 months old and my mom was babysitting her and she was, you know, wreaking havoc all around the house. <laughs> of course. My mother said to her, um, Olivia, you, you really had a rough morning. I'm going to have to call your mommy and daddy and, and talk to them about this. And she literally put her hands on, on her hips, looked right at my mother and this, when we were living in Canada at the time and said, I don't care if you call the prime minister and stomped <laughs> out of the room. So first of all, who even knows there's a prime minister right, when you're two? At two. Pretty, pretty bright. Um, yeah. and, and who thinks you don't have to listen to them at two? Well, apparently, <laughs> Olivia. Of course, of course. Yeah. 
So that's her. And they're just born with that sort of energy. Yeah. It's, and they're wonderful, but exhausting. They yeah. Really are. Well, and I think too, as a parent, I, I, I always feel like before I have a discussion, I need to talk about prepare, prepare myself for, for the challenges. So I have to like, actually like role play. Okay. What's she going to say? And then what am I going to, and then, and then she's probably going to bring up this and maybe that, and maybe this too. And then I have to be prepared. What if she says this? And then, because so often I'm caught flat footed. You know, I'm saying, well, yeah. this is it. And, and they then- are, they are like verbal ninjas. They yes. are, they yeah. are, they are yeah. unbelievable. They can get you spinning and you're like, Whoa, what are we what talking happened? about again? <laughs> you are right. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're definitely, definitely challenging. And they often have this massive sort of protest. And then, mm-hmm. and then if you can sort of learn that they have to have this pushback mm-hmm. and if you watch Gladiators are often physically pushing against their environment as well, as well as mm-hmm. especially as little kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're true. always, you know, kicking things and pushing against things and tipping chairs back. And when you yeah. hold their hand, they squeeze it too much and yeah. they hug you a little bit too much. And yeah. they're just, they have this incredible energy that they push back physically against the world as well. I used to joke around and say I needed a helmet. Yeah. With Olivia, because she just was always flinging herself around and she was just <laughs> rough and, and she didn't mean to be rough. It's just she just was, you know, pushing back constantly on her environment. So there's this protest first. No, wow. that's not that wasn't my idea. So it's suspect. Right. That's sort right. of where they come from. And it's sort of bracing yourself for that protest. If you get pulled into that protest and start arguing and this is why and I'm your frontal lobe and you've got to mm-hmm. listen to me and mm-hmm. you start yeah. doing all that stuff and then they just. They just push back and push back. They don't get tired. They they can so lock true. in yeah. like no kid I've ever seen. So true. So really, you just have to allow the protest. I mean, we'll talk about the calm technique in a second too, but it's like, hey, I know you're not going to like this, but make all the noise you need to, but it's not changing. Mm. This is when you're going to bed. This is what's mm. happening. You are not allowed to go here. Be as mad as you need to be. Mm. But this is what's happening. Yeah, that's And a good- then they'll have their protest and then they kind of calm down when they know that wall isn't going to move. It's yeah. not a gate. It's a wall. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's, I, I love that too, because it's, you, then you don't get into the, the, the quagmire of the, the back and forth argument. Well, this th- means this, but you said this yesterday and this, you know, and all of that, it's just, this exactly. is it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's part of the, how they regulate, right? If they're going to do this thing that they don't want to do, they're going to make it really difficult for you. Yeah. So you think twice about making them do this thing again, right? So true. Um, <laughs> so it, and it's part of, it is part of how they regulate. They have this discharge of energy before they move on mm-hmm. to something new. And that's part of how they, they manage these enormous feelings that they have in their bodies. And if you have teens Tell them stuff by text. Have a mm. lot of these conversations by text. It's so much easier because then you don't have facial expressions and body language and eye rolling and all the stuff that triggers us. Yeah. It's so much easier to say, hey, this is what's happening. A nice mirroring statement in there, which we'll we'll focus on in a second. And hey, if you don't do it, I, I want to see your phone on my counter in 20 minutes. And what's interesting is they often do it. Mm-hmm. They really do. They'll huff about it. Yeah, but they'll do it because they do crave that safety and that predictability and that structure, especially when rules are fair Mm. and they make sense. When rules aren't fair, you'll hear about it. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Some some of the thing, you know, we got into a whole argument about um, cartilage ear piercings, you know, but Mm. at the the end, it the ultimate, you know, was that we're going to postpone this for a couple of years and we're going to revisit it then. You know, when you're yep. fully grown and, and this and you, you right. know, are a little bit older and it was fair. And I thought I would get like just so much pushback, but I didn't. No, no, <laughs> no they usually they part of the anxiety comes from, is this really a wall or is this a door? Yeah. Am I going to say something that's actually going to pop the door open and I get get what I want? Mm. And that actually causes them a lot of anxiety because they lock in. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like badgers. They just kind of keep going until they're sure that they've hit the wall. So part of it is just saying is exactly what you just said and mirroring first. I totally get that. You want to express yourself. You, you really love this idea and you've got a whole sense of how it's going to look on your ear and I get it, but I love you enough for you to be mad at me. Be yeah. as mad as you need to be. Storm around, make all the noise you need to. It is not changing. I love you enough for you to be angry. This is how it is. And then they calm down. Yeah. Hmm. That's wonderful. And yeah. I love the mirroring technique. I'm still working on it. <laughs> yes. I mean, we'll dive into that a little bit because that, that really is the key with gladiator kids. You, you must start from a place of understanding 
and connection and getting them first, because they will just keep going and going and going until they think you understand them. Yeah. And that can get really ugly. So the calm technique or the mirroring itself is actually really important. And then this, the, there's two other things that are critical with gladiators. The other is connect before you correct. Mm. they're so incredibly sensitive that if you say, oh, come on, please hang that up. How many times do I have to tell you? Your other kids might be like, oh, that wasn't very nice. And that kind of upset me. But gladiators here, you idiot. How many times do I have to tell you that? (laughs) Even though that's not what you said, they will often say to you, why are you yelling? And you're literally not yelling. Yeah. You're really not yelling. Um, But they have such um, an exquisite sensitivity to their environment, to facial expressions, nuances, their... I think they're they're quite a bit more intuitive than other kids and they're they're picking up on all of that and it's sort of overwhelming them. Mm. Um, but connect before you correct. Say, hey, I know you're tired. It's been a long day. You just wanted to come in and get your snack or do whatever. But could you do me a favor and hang up your backpack? Yeah. Right. Just yeah. It, put that in your brain. It's really important to do with all kids, but I would say it's critical with gladiators because it kind of just softens the second part of the message, right? That they are already bracing themselves for. And then the third is to really like the baby play, the special time with them, the, you know, rubbing noses and showing them baby pictures and just like tickling them and just having fun with them. They, they're often the child that sort of exhausts us and sucks the exit, you know, the oxygen out of the room. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're, they're the child. And I always say this to parents that the child that you least feel like doing that with is the one who needs it the most. Mm. And if you put that energy in, you're going to soften all of that, uh, all of those rough edges. And then you get to see what's wonderful about them. They're often hilarious. Yeah. Really interesting views on the world. And they're, they're, they're just the way they say things and see things can be so wonderful. And, and if you're always in battle with them, if you're always in battle mode with them, you don't get to see that incredible side of them. Yeah. You know, it's so, it's so true. And I, you know, just in, in having a, a conflict with mine, we were, you know, just, it's about the room cleaning and it's just, it just mm. never ends. It just never, yep. and, you know, it's this, yep. this perennial standoff that we have. And during one of these, these conflicts that we were having, I was thinking, you know, I dread talking about the room, you know, in mm-hmm. the day and how I know it's going to go badly. And then how, if I was, even if I was looking forward to something later in the day, like just the, the joy is kind of sucked out when I, when I mm-hmm. know I have to have one of these conflicts and I had a, a, a kind of an, I don't know if it's an epiphany, but, you know, a realization that as we were having this conflict, I'm not the only one that gets the, you know, wind taken out of their sails. It's it's mm-hmm. also, it's also, you know, it's my us. daughter yeah. too. Like she's of like, she had a different view of how this afternoon was going to go too. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't really want to get into this conflict either. Yeah. And for yeah. her, her idea is like, well, you should just never say anything to me about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you know? like, why are you? You always, you know, so yeah. when I'm, when I was trying to picture, like, how does she feel about mom coming in about the room again? When like, well, I love that. And just, just kind of being a witness to it all is, yeah. is actually a really important position for us as parents is sort of look from above down at the whole picture. This is not how it will be forever. This is not what it's going to look like five years from now. It really won't. Um, and there's, there's a lot of things <laughs> at play. So one of the things that happens a lot to gladiator kids who are often combative and they have what, you know, what I call a very strong counter. Well, is there's a part of them that's always anxious. Like, when am I going to get in trouble next? And when am I going to step in it? <laughs> when am I going to yeah. do something that's going to ruin it for everyone? And sometimes they get so anxious about that, that they just basically just blow it on purpose because they can't stand the worry of when they're going to blow it. Oh. So they just blow it up, Yeah. Um, which is one thing. And then the other, and, and let's talk about the room for a second. Cause I, I find typically gladiator kids, their rooms are like a hurricane went through it. Yes. It's sort of like their brain. It's how they, they feel. And this is very true for um, ADHD kids as well. And sometimes, and you can be both, mm-hmm. um, but the brain, you know, the room looks like the inside of their brain basically. And, and what, because we're frontal lobes for our kids and what they don't understand is when there's that chaos, they'll tell you, I like my room like this. I know where everything is. Absolutely. It's my space. It's, yes. you know, and it is, it's yes. the only it's the only place in the house that's theirs. It's the only sovereignty that they have. But what they don't understand is all of that mess and clutter and chaos This is affecting the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking past it with their conscious mind, but their subconscious mind is feeling like, oh, that's yeah. still there and that's in the way and yes. I can't find this and I don't know where that is. And so there's this constant message to, to the brain that things are out of control. Mm. And, and they don't realize this. This is where we come in because we realize it. And 
one of the things that I found helpful with with my own daughter and and her room, which is and it is a constant thing. And so one of the ways to look at mess is that there's two kinds of mess. There's mess in motion. I'm in the middle of a project. I'm doing homework. I am about to put that away. There there's stuff that's around, but it's moving and you're, it's eventually going to be either used or put away. Sure. And then there's static mess. So this is, this is mess. That's just, you're stepping around it, you know, garbage. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, Old towels, dirty laundry. um, (laughs) All of the above. That there's no purpose for it. (laughs) Have you been (laughs) to our house? I I missed the visit. I didn't know you were here. (laughs) Well, and that mess is the psychological mess. That's the, that's the mess that actually bothers us without us even realizing it. Yeah. Right. And and bothers teenagers without them even realizing it. And they, and they stop seeing it. So they step around it and they mm-hmm. move over it and they just push it aside. So it's helping her understand, look, your room is your space. It is your world. And it's the message that you're sending out about yourself to the universe. Yes. Is this really the message you want to be sending? So you sit her down and you, there's a few things you can do to make it a lot easier. One is say, I don't care about the, the mess in motion. Sure. If there's mess yeah. in motion and making the bed is, is a good one for that. Okay. You're going to sleep in it again. If it, like, don't, don't go crazy. If they don't want their bed made, don't make them make their bed. But, but that, and you can decide what's mess in motion, right? But I don't care about mess in motion. I care about static mess, dishes, cups of you know chocolate milk with mold floating in it, <laughs> yes. like long, wet yes. towels, yes. Um, yes. things that are needed in the rest of the community, plates and bowls mm-hmm. that the rest of us actually need. And you're hoarding mm-hmm. them all along with the towels, which is so true in your room. Also, <laughs> um, yeah, those are things that we care about. And that's the mess we want you to clean up. This will help her because those are things that are shared, right? And if yeah. you have garbage and crumbs in your room, that could mean mice and God knows what for everyone else in the house. Right. (laughs) Yes. And then what you do is have enough garbage cans and garbage bags. There can't be enough in a gladiator's room. Trays go to the dollar store and get big trays and put trays on top of surfaces. So that that static mess, garbage and plates and bowls and cups go there. Yeah. And then you can just take them all down at one time. Yep. And have a couple of laundry baskets, not just one. So that it's easier for them to flow through and deal with that static mess. And then just take one tray to the kitchen. And here's the other thing. Don't go, oh my God, look at you with your tray cleaning up. This is awesome. Don't be so, don't not be so excited about that because then they're like, hmm. I can please my parents or displease my parents by this. Oh, super casual. I I do that all the time. Like, oh, look, you're doing laundry. I'm so, oh. But isn't that that positive reinforcement? That That makes them so mad and it makes them not want to do it. That is actually very true because then I get the eye roll and the, oh, and then then it's, you know, maybe abandoned. (laughs) Like maybe she started to clean her room and I'm so excited. And then, then she's on her phone on her bed, like five minutes later. Yeah. Typical kids would love that. Yes. They love the acknowledgement. They love you to to see what they're doing. Gladiator kids hate it. So oh. when they do do it, just go, hmm, cool. All right. Like very, very, very casual. You have to be quite neutral, even with some of the positivity, because if you're too positive, then it's overwhelming or it annoys them or right. they think, oh God, now I have to do that again because it was such a big deal for my mom. It oh. made her so happy. Oh. Now I have to do it again, right? So just be really super casual about it. Yeah. And that will help them to navigate. And then over time, you can have conversations about, hey, your room is really how your brain works. And how you keep your room clean is actually how you approach a project. Yeah. Right. Or homework or schoolwork. And then you can have sort of practical conversations about it. But start with that. Lots of trays. Lots of garbage bags and extra laundry baskets, and yeah. that can sometimes help a lot. Oh, I'm I absolutely going to try that. And I, I, I would seriously every time, like, oh, look at this! You're so, oh, you're cleaning, yeah. or you're doing no. this, and cut it's, that out. That I will know. not work. It's loud. Listen, it, the same, the same way they hear you yelling at them when you're not yelling. When you're super happy, it also comes in with incredible intensity um, that they can't tolerate. Yeah, it's too much, and it's, it's just, too much. It just underlines yeah. to the that what I've felt all along is that the instincts, the things I do make things worse. And this is yeah. just one way like that that yeah. underlines that, that my, you it know, does. this is what I want to do. And this works on all the other kids. And they're very excited when I'm like, oh, good, you're doing laundry. Oh, you know. That's- yep. No, that will absolutely aggravate a gladiator to, to well, no end. And, and actually, it's interesting because just yesterday, Karen and I were on a stroll as we tend to do. And mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to her about how one of the issues that I see 
in how we frame things with our children is that we think that it's, it's a one, it's a one fits all kind of narrative. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, when, it's so not right. It's so and not. so when we're dealing with this child, we're always looking at like, well, this will work for like, we put ourselves in that situation. This is, this is going to work for me. This, you know, this is how I would like to have this scenario play out or, or whatever, mm-hmm. but told her, look, what we got to do is put ourselves in that framework. Like, okay, this is, this is what we would like. And then let's just flip that 180 degrees. <laughs> yeah, and Let's just do go. the opposite. And maybe, <laughs> the opposite. Like maybe always work. opposite day. <laughs> Well, and you know, gladiators are all about power, right? And Mm -hmm. they they feel intensely um, upset when they feel like their power is being taken away. Yes. So ask them, how would you like me to deal with the room? I know what she'll say. Leave me alone. Yes. Close the door. Never mention it again. Never mention it again. Right. And then, and you can say, you know, I can do that around mess and motion. That I can do. Yes. Yeah. But I can't do it around the other stuff that are, that affects the rest of us. Yes. So how would you like me to deal with that part? And then what's great with gladiators is say, think about it. Yeah. Never have an never have an immediate conversation with a gladiator ever. You say to a gladiator, here are the issues. What do you think? And let's go think about it. And then we'll vi- re- we'll revisit it. Mm. Let's let's mm, think. That's, that's good, yeah. really an important thing. So when you stand over a gladiator and demand that they do something, they will double down, and yes. they have so much energy, like they will win. They will, or they'll exhaust you in the process. Yeah. So windows of time. So if we go back to the room, for example, Hey, your static mass is out of control or a community mass or whatever you want to call it is out of control. You need to deal with that. So I'm going to give you five days to deal with it. If on the fifth day you have not dealt with it, then we're going in there. (laughs) We're taking garbage bags and we're putting stuff in the garage and marking it junk from her room and you can deal with it later. And we're, we're, and then there will be consequences. Yeah. If you're not taking care of those things, give them a window of time to do it. And then they have power. Yeah. It's it's perceived, it's perceived power. True. True. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I think the other thing too, and how, how as parents do we stop the spiraling when we, when we are like, Oh, is it always going to be this way? Is this going to be a perpetual yeah. argument forever? Are they going to yeah. be 30 years old? And we're going to be like on feeling <laughs> co- constantly on the outside and never, you know. Right. Like all we yeah. see are the negatives, right? Yeah. Like, like how do we avoid yeah. that? Yeah. That's a really good question. And that's, I hear that a lot from, from the parents in our community and parents that I work with. It's just, it's hard to not see that moment in time as always. This is how they're going to be with their family one day. This is how they're going to be at work. This is how they're going to be everywhere. But what's really interesting is gladiators are often not. They're often fine everywhere else. They're just awful. <laughs> right? And sometimes they push back everywhere. But for the most part, they save the really juicy stuff for us. So, <laughs> yeah. so yes. part of it is knowing that, I think, first of all, that it really is ev- literally everything is a phase. You will pass through it. And if you think back to things that bothered you five years about your kids, you'll see how much as a family and and as kids, they have grown and changed. So just having that mm. sort of witness part of your brain going, oh yeah, like this isn't forever and they will get through this. And and the other piece is, you know, they looking at gladiators, they're going to be like phenomenal adults. They will, they'll be a great CEO Mm-hmm. Like they, 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 a lot of those characteristics have such a positive side to them. Yeah. Um, they're just really difficult at home. And, and what happens too, is we lock into patterns, into dances with these kids. Oh, here we go. And and you said it a few yeah. minutes ago when you said, I know I've got to talk to her about the room and I know how this mm-hmm. is going to go. And so we sort of operate from these dance steps mm-hmm. and it, it just shifting it up just a little bit by giving them a window. Hey, I'm going to give you five days to figure out your room. Yeah. And then let's see how it goes. Yeah. Right. Or what do you think? How do you think we can address this problem? Yeah. Can really shift everything. And the connecting before correcting, I can't tell you enough that that is the key. That is literally what softens everything. Yeah. And text, you know, using text or having a quick conversation and having her think about it and then walk away, back away. Sure. And when they comply, because in a healthy way, they usually do. When you've said, hey, um, this is what I need you to do. If this is not done by five o'clock, we'll discuss what the consequences are going to be, but it needs to be done. And they'll usually do it. They might thump around when they do it. They might storm oh, yeah. around when they do and, it. And wait till the very um, last minute. <laughs> and wait till the very last course, minute. And then course. when they and then when they do your super neutral, thanks. I really I appreciate that. Awesome. Oh, right. Instead of don't you that. feel better? Like, don't you feel good now that you did that? And I know. Blah, 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 blah. I know. We love to do that. 
Here's one of the other things I think that's so key. And it it loops back to what we were talking about when we're always afraid of our gladiators. We're afraid that they're not going to be okay in the world. We're going to, we're afraid that they're going (laughs) to have a fit, right? We're afraid that it's going to become a big thing. What we have to talk about. I'm not afraid. I'm scared of her. I'm scared of her. Am, there's there's constant awesome. worry. There's Actually, constant. I'm a little scared. There's I'm there's a little way scared. more worry about how how is she going to be as an adult or how when you know of course even it's in like, college how is the world like, re- yes yeah. yes how's the world going to receive her? So the the thing is whenever we and, and by the way anger is fear too right yeah. so whenever we operate from that place of fear they're going to pick up on that much more than our other kids. They, they, they mm-hmm. resonate with us and they, they're feeling their own emotions plus ours. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the best way to describe. They're like little radio receivers. They're, they can walk into a room and pick up on energy that has nothing to do with them. Um, and, and they carry that around. They literally walk around like that all the time. It's actually not so fun. But when you can line up with, from a place of love, I love my gladiator. I love how she is. I love her sassiness. I love that she has this incredible spirit. And my job is to help her find her way in the world. So that can be a gift to the world. Then when you're lined up with that, she will feel that. Yeah. yeah. She will feel that because here's the other thing. When, when she comes out and she puts stuff away and you're like, Oh, look at you. You're a, you're a, that's coming from fear. Oh, yeah. thank God. You finally did something appropriate. We finally, we're on track. She's going to be okay. Right. It's so, so true. It's so true. That's why I hate that. It's relief. Right. It's exactly. Oh, I don't have to argue yeah. about this for a while. Thank goodness. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that is why your gladiator can't stand it. Yes. Because it's coming from a place of fear, yeah. not a place of grounded understanding and love. Yeah. Well, I right? just I just love this about connected parenting and another another part of and I think it's it's related to what we're talking about in connected parenting when you talk about ruthless compassion. Mm-hmm. I I just that's one of my favorites. I love the ruthless. <laughs> Love the ruthless. <laughs> yes. Compassion? No, no. Yeah, kidding. yeah, I'm yeah. Kidding. No, it's it's uh, it's just such a wonderful concept. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about sure, what that is and how sure. and how we can practice it. Absolutely. Well, and really, it, it's this: it's loving your child, taking all of that love and fear and all of that passion that you have for your parenting and who you want your child to be and how you want them to be and your responsibility for that. And instead of yelling at her about her room and and misdirecting it all over the place. You focus it into one powerful beam, which is, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to understand you. And I'm going to try to get underneath the behavior. The behavior is never the problem. It's the symptom of the problem. And I want to know you, really know you, so that I can bring out of you um, with love and with grace and with honor the best of you. Yeah, And then I'm going to feel really good about that. That is absolute ruthless compassion. It's just taking all that mama bear and papa bear energy and putting it where it's useful. We spend so much time thinking about what's wrong with our kids, what's not, what they're not doing well, what they're not doing right, what they have to fix, what we have to fix, what we're doing wrong. And if you were able to take that energy and direct it towards what's positive about them, and what are the, what is the opposite of that? How is that going to serve the world? How can that be a gift? And if it's coming from that place, now they're going to start listening to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They feel understood. They feel seen. Yeah. 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 And because, and they, they can, sm- you know, they can sniff out when it's not coming from a genuine place, right? Yeah. When you're agenda, when it's self-driven or it's fear driven, it will not work on a gladiator. They can see right through it. But when it really is coming from this place of, I see you, I know who you are. I know who you can be in this world. And I'm going to line up with you in a way that's positive and good for both of us. And I'm going to draw that out of you in a really respectful way that they will understand. And then you'll get some movement. Then they'll start doing stuff. Yeah. So why do you, why do you say just, just in in general, why do you say that you Mm. feel gladiators are going to be the ones that are going to change the world? Because is it because they have, you know, obviously you're talking about a lot of uh, emotional intelligence that they carry around mm-hmm. almost to a fault. Mm-hmm. And yep. then, you know, they, they have that in their, in their repertoire, but also like it, the fact that they're ready to combat or they're ready to, to fight for what they think is right. Or yeah. Is, yeah. And you can look at that in two ways. You can look at it. This kid is pushing back on the world and being really difficult and awful, or you can go look at the creative power this kid has. Look at this energy. She is not going to be told what to do and who yeah. she is in this world. She's going to find those are the people who are actually going to bust systems. 
yeah. and do mm. the right thing and challenge what's wrong in the world. And what we want is to raise them in a way that they don't challenge it in such a way that they get in trouble or that no one listens to them or they just see them as a troublemaker or angry, but we, they can, they can command respect and people mm. follow them. Right. Yeah. They're the ones who are going to, I think, have the courage to, and listen, a lot in this world needs to be changed. A lot. Oh, yeah. We have a yeah. lot of problems <laughs> to, yeah. to fix. I mean, my, yeah. my hope is on this generation of kids who are like, don't tell me what to do. Right. I'm going to follow what I think right. is right. And then our job is to have them not go off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know, Which gladiators can. If you're angry with them all the time and you fight with them all the time and they're in pain psychically all the time and they feel unlovable, which can happen, yeah. right? then they're right off the rails. Then mm. then they can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's so important to keep in mind. It's in, it's interesting too because with with my gladiator, I often, I not often, but sometimes I will say, you know, you could you would be an amazing prosecutor, prosecutor. Yep. like yeah. you know, because other other people might be like, oh, you know, I'm worried about saying this or hurting that person's feet, you know, or you know, it's hard to put people in jail, you know, <laughs> yeah, or and they can see through to what's right and yeah. what needs to be done. But I, I'm like, I'm like, you just see what is what you think is right and you would just go for it. You'd be a great prosecutor. But then she's like, yeah, I think I get a lot of, you know, I'm not going to be a prosecutor. I'm not going to be a lawyer. I want to be a janitor. You know, that, that instant, you, know, yeah. you, well, you see for me law school. And <laughs> so I'm going to say the right. opposite. Well, and this is what I mean by it's such a responsibility because they have so much energy, right. And so much creative, it's, it's sort of like a rocket on a launch pad, right. Yeah. And all that energy is just, there's nowhere to go yet. Right. Yeah. They can't launch yet. So it's just this building up of energy and building up of energy and building up of energy. And, and part of it is helping them to direct that in little ways, constantly letting them know that you see their strengths, you see their power, you see their energy, you believe in their purpose on this planet. And what happens for them is they get so overwhelmed by the minutia of things mm -hmm. that they will often say, oh, forget it. I'm just going to be homeless or never mind. I'm just going to do the easiest yeah. thing because it's just exhausting. And that's where the responsibility is. How is, how can you love them enough and see past all the teenage angst and the, what they say is oppression, you know, being told yes. what to do yes. um, and draw out in the healthiest, most aligned way, the best in them. And that's not easy. And that that's why I'm so proud of Connected Parenting because yes. our I think our model does that. Like what I love is the emails and the phone calls and the messages that are left. Like I see my kid in a whole different way and they're thriving. Yeah. And it changes households because a gladiator can bring down a whole household. Oh, they yes. really can. Oh, yes. <laughs> they can for sure. Uh Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Connected parenting is a, just an amazing oh, yeah. model. And I mean, I keep in mind the ruthless compassion and the, and the, the connecting and uh, it's just, it, it's so important it's to keep old. in mind, you know, it is, it is. And it's beyond just, you know, one of the things that we talk about in our team all the time is, you know, if, if we can't figure this out in our own homes, what, how, no wonder we can't figure it out as a country or as a planet. Right? Yeah. So I kind of feel like in each little household, if we can just bring this to our homes, bring this to our children so they can bring it out into the world with them. Yeah. Um, that's how you change the world. One household yes. at a yeah, time, so right? And so mm -hmm. that, that's why I'm, I really am so proud of it. And it, what I also love is that it's not, a, we don't have to be perfect. Of course, you're going to blow it. Yeah. Of course, you're going to lose it. And then you go back and then you repair yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's not about being perfect. It's, it's about being perfectly imperfect. So, but gladiator kids sometimes are hard to repair with. Yes. Sometimes mm -hmm. they very, very much. They are. Yes. They are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the key is if you're repairing from a place of fear, oh, please don't be mad at me. Oh, let the, let's, let, let's not go on for a week. Like, can't you just, if it's that kind of re repair, it's never going to work. Mm -hmm. Sure. If it's genuine, like I blew it there. What yeah. you were trying to tell me is this was all about freedom and sovereignty for you. And I was just telling you what to do and didn't really see the heart of it. Now you're going to get a gladiator talking. Yeah. This is right? why connected parenting is so important. Oh, it's so. But, well, the thing I love about it is the intentionality of it all. Right. Yeah. And it's with so much forethought because our generation and, and, you know, the generations of eons, previously have always been 
all we can do is model what our parents have done. Yeah. And, and or decide we didn't like that, do the opposite. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Which also happens. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like my, my dad was yeah. never my dad was a terrible dad to me. Yeah. So not not terrible. He was uh it was all about abandonment. It wasn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't right. mean. And then so I was like, all I want to do is be a dad and and I'm gonna be the best dad that I can be, that I know how to be. Yeah. to my kids and I, and I have been, and I will be until, you know, I'm not around anymore, but yeah. you know, this is, this has been uh, having a gladiator in the mix has been a challenge because sure. all I know, my, my quiver is only filled with arrows of the past, right? Like that's <laughs> mm-hmm. all I know. And so, yeah. you know, going through your course and very enlightening and eye opening, yeah. and of course, you know, side shout out anyone who wants to learn about all this and to be a great parent, the connective parenting is a fantastic resource. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, it's honestly, it's, it's such a gift to be able to do this work and it's so energizing to hear families and, and get that feedback that it's made such a difference. It, it's beautiful. It really is a lovely model. And, and what you're talking about, which is true is we sort of, we, we come with what we were, how we were raised yep. Mm-hmm. And at the time that we were raised, it was an incredibly different world. Yes. You know, and, and all of the things that make our children amazing are we've created our generation created, and then we're mad at them. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Why are you challenging us so much? Only we wow. challenged everything. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so it's being able to move with it. And I think the, the, it, that's the intentionality is, is knowing that it's coming from a place of love and that you're, you're absolutely right. Like parents either parent exactly the way parents did, our parents did, because there's there's just programs that have been downloaded and we're just running. Or we do the exact opposite, which is usually, you know, great, except that you also want to make sure that the intentionality is love. It's not like, I'm so afraid of that kind of parenting that I'm now going to parent entirely differently. Because if fear is your uh, yeah. marker, it, yeah. it's going to throw you off because then you're going to miss the important part. And I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but right. um, whenever you kind of polarize like that, you're missing the center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Middle is where the best parenting is. It's where you can be, you know, really empathic and that ruthless compassion and great love and understanding and care. And then being strong enough to say, Hey, I love you enough to say, you know, your phone's gone until your room's clean. Yeah. Because I believe your brain is being expressed in your room. And if you can't figure out how to deal with your mess that's affecting the rest of the family, you got a problem. So that room's getting clean or you don't have your phone. Love you. That's it. (laughs) Right. Like, Right. It's being that frontal lobe for yeah. your kids. And that's what gladiators push back yeah. so much on. But when you are grounded, when you are fully coming from a place of, hey, be mad. It's OK. Mm-hmm. Yell and scream. I'd be ticked off, too, if I was 15 and my parents were telling me this. Sure. But this is how much I love you. Go for it. It's not yeah. changing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's right? so important. And I I'd love to to talk a little more about those those programs, the, the past, mm-hmm. like how we're how we're programmed and maybe how some of those those programs that were downloaded or, or created when we were little, how they might be sure. affecting us as as adults and too. as parents. And and how yeah. do we how do we recognize it when we're running on autopilot with, yep. with something yep. that we should change? Mm. Yeah, this is a really important conversation. So, so basically what happens in the brain is we have something called implicit memories. And these are sort of long-term memories that almost get tattooed on us. Like, yeah. a, 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 like they're emotional tattoos. And these are things that happen to us prior to the age of six or seven, usually. So the, the capacity that the brain has for forming long-term memories isn't really up and running until around seven six or seven, which is why when you look back at sort of early memories, they're fragmented little things that are usually something either very frightening or Mm -hmm. very exciting. Um, Sometimes they're random, but for the most part, they're things that that were emotionally charged. Yeah. And we remember. And what happens is because we don't have a long-term memory organized yet, those things get instilled in us as things to be afraid of. This world can be like this. Therefore, I need to be aware of that. And then the brain sort of builds itself around those experiences. So those early implicit memories without us even realizing it become our operating system. Mm. And so what happens is we're literally walking around as adults with an operating system that was installed at the age of seven. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Which is why we sometimes get to this place. Like what is wrong with me? I know better than this. Like I've read all these books. I've, I'm, I've considered myself, you know, quite, quite aware. How did I land back in this place? And it's because of this, this operating system that we haven't either known about or bothered to, or known even that we could upgrade. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, right. there, yeah, there are some things, especially like it's, you're just triggered as a parent, like uh, yep. whether it's like uh, respect, like this doesn't mm. seem like very respectful what you're saying to me. And then you're just triggered and you go off and it's, you know, or, yeah. you know, so, some, something else. Like, why can't you just be nice and do this for me? Right. I'm doing all of this. Why can't you just be happy so I can be happy? Right. <laughs> why don't you just feel better so I can feel better? Right. 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 And these things, um, sometimes they're just so... Um, it feels like such big emotions that I know it's not lo- my logic. It's not the frontal lobe. <laughs> yeah. It's, not the it's frontal something lobe. It's those implicit memories. Yeah. I, I call them theme songs where you just know that theme song is playing. And when, certainly when we're tired, when we're stressed, when we're yeah. overwhelmed, it's those, you know, those implicit memories, those theme songs will play louder, but even just being able to be the observer and go, Oh, that's interesting. That theme song's playing again. Mm-hmm. The nobody ever appreciates me. The why can't you just do this? And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not enough. Like whatever your theme song is. And you, you can see it play out in all relationships, particularly in marriages. Like yeah. if you look at any argument you've ever had, I don't care if it's about the garbage or who parked the car properly or whatever it is. It's always about those theme songs. I am not appreciated. I'm not enough. Mm. you never see me like you can the the what the surface fight is about is is this is always different but the but the theme song is the same sure sure why didn't you include me in that like what why did you bypass me or what whatever yeah yeah exactly exactly and then when you start asking a question even simple question like oh that's my theme song Mm. maybe maybe them you know the fact that they you know didn't clean the sink after they did the kitchen isn't about me not being seen and heard it's about them thinking about something else, right? Like yeah. not, not always letting the emotional program run and just being aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Toning it's- that down a little bit. And also knowing that how we behave with our partner, when we are part, you know, re- reacting from a place of fear, when we're reacting instead of responding actually brings out the very behavior in our, in our kids or in our spouse that we don't like. And then we just keep, we're just, we're just hitting the plane, but play button <laughs> yeah. every time. Here's play song, song, play dance. Let's go. <laughs> repeat, <right>? repeat. <laughs> exactly. But what if, what if my program is corrupted <laughs> or like I, I got a virus? <laughs> I think it's ransomware actually. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting about that comment is that it is all of our programs are corrupted. All yeah, of them. Because here, yeah. here, here's how memories work. And we think we remember everything so perfectly, but human memory is so flawed and oh, so yes. inaccurate, yeah. right? So what happens every time we remember something, we are, so so memories basically get splattered and file, filed in all different places around the brain. They get, it gets deconstructed and, and put everywhere so that if we have a dramatic event, we can pull something from the visual center, the smell, the olfactory center, like touch like memory kind of gets reassembled yeah right and so what happens is as the time that we are recalling it we are feeling fear as we recall it Mm -hmm. then it's getting reassembled and then it's getting disassembled and put back with a new layer of fear in it that's what ptsd is that's what phobias are yeah right Mm. so every time we recall something well, of course he wouldn't do this because why would he? Or of course they wouldn't put the laundry away because blah 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 every time we do that we're infusing our memory of no one caring about us, no one seeing us, people taking advantage of us, never being included, never being, not being enough, not being recognized. It's now getting infused with a new layer and yeah. put back. Again right? and again. So it is yeah. being corrupted. So every time we use it without questioning it, without asking the question, why am I doing this? How is this serving me? What purpose is this feeling serving for me? And then honoring it, one of the really important things about emotions, and this is, you know, everything connects back to, to parenting, really, because we're helping grow these people into who they need to be as human beings. But feelings are something that we typically, most cultures actually just run away from. Yeah. I'm yeah. not, I don't want to feel it. So I'm going to pick up my phone. I'm going to drink something. Mm. I'm going to make a joke. I'm going to blame somebody. I'm going to do something to get this intense feeling away from me. And if we're being really honest, a lot of our parenting is about that too right? It's, it's discharging and diffusing uncomfortable feelings and emotions. And there's nothing more intense than the emotion that you feel for your child. Yeah, This is why so many of us, you know, wake up with a pit in our stomach of, oh my God, they haven't done this. And what are they, what's going to happen? Right? <laughs> yes. Your life flashes before yes. our eyes. And so the first thing to really help our children do is to show them by modeling emotional regulation. And in order to do that, you have to feel your feelings. Yeah. 
Right. So before you go in, let's just take the room again as an example, because where we go as a parent is, oh my God, she can't keep her room clean. Mm-hmm. How is she going to, she's going to get her college roommates are going to like <laughs> yes. never live with her. And she's going to, her house is going to be a disaster and she's never going to finish anything. And she's going to, everyone's going to hate her. And yeah, she's that's gonna, where we go. Right? She's going to end up on hoarders. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> exactly. So first go inward, literally put your palm on your chest, close your eyes and go inward and go, okay. This is how a mother feels. This is how a father feels when they love their child so intensely and they're so afraid that they're not learning the things in life that they're going to need to learn to be successful yeah. and to and to function and be happy. That's a normal way to feel. Honor that fear. Go towards it. Send it some love. It's okay. That's a normal way to feel. It really, really is. Honor it. Take a breath. Go right into it. What you're actually doing is you're metabolizing your fear. You're alchemizing it. You're listening to it. Emotions are just information. And if you ignore it, it's going to keep chasing you. Yes. And then it's going to build up and build up and build up until it's fireworks in your house, right? Absolutely. Sit quietly and honor that feeling. Then pay attention to your theme song. What's my theme song? It's nobody listens to me. Okay, well, that's a big Mm -hmm. one. When Mm -hmm. I go into my kid's room and her room is still a disaster (laughs) when I talked to her yesterday. So just kind of know that theme song and then go in with absolute ruthless compassion and commitment to, to starting with the calm technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we talked a lot about that in our, in our other episodes. Yes, we did. But yes. If, if, for, for a quick refresher, if you want to go through. Yeah, the, sure. Sure. So, so that is where your that is sort of the formula for deep listening. You're going to connect, you're going to match their affect. You're going to make it about them, not you in that moment. You're also going to line up with love, not fear. Then you can paraphrase, you can summarize you can clarify and you can wonder out loud. So if you use the room again as an example, you come in and you can you can paraphrase. You know what? I know how this is going to go. I come in here all the time and I'm constantly telling you to clean up when this is your space and this is where this is how you like things, right? You can clarify what is it about keeping your room like this? What does it do for you? What is it does it make you feel like you have freedom? What's happening for you when I come in and I invade your space, mm-hmm. right? You can you can wonder out loud, which is, hey, I wonder if this really isn't so much about the fight about the room, but the fact that your boyfriend broke up with you or you didn't get invited to that birthday party or whatever it is, you can connect it back to some bigger things that might be happening in their lives. And then the M is um, mirroring. When you pull all of those elements together, you've had a deep and beautiful, deep learning moment with your child. And then you can walk out of that room feeling pretty good about your own parenting. Yeah. Because, because that connection that, that w- when I, when I do connected parenting and I do the calm technique, well, I'm like, Oh, I've, I really got it. Like I really connected, Yep. you know, yep. she, yeah. I understood her and she saw that I understood her and then she understood a little more about me. And it was mm-hmm. all parents really want is that. Yeah. You know, exactly. And yeah. when you blow it, because yes. you will, oh, yes. because we're human, and, and have done that too. <laughs> that, that moment where you blow it is also an opportunity to do better next time. Like yeah. to have some, some, um, even appreciation for the, those ugly moments. Cause that gives you an opportunity to really feel that the energy that you're going to need to do it a different way. Yeah. The next time, right? Every time you blow it, it's an opportunity to grow and learn and fix. And that's also really good modeling for your children. Yeah. 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 And she, you know, she's, she's, you know, knocking calm technique out of the park. Meanwhile, I'm Googling literally what to do (laughs) when your stepchildren hate you. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, you know, this is a whole other podcast too, because step parenting and blended families, it's really interesting, but typically step step parents should be doing mostly just the soft parenting, right? There's soft parenting, which is connection and understanding. And I got your back, that kind of stuff. And then there's hard parenting, which is turn that off, go to bed, take a shower, do your homework. And it's not that they can't do any hard parenting. It's just, it gets really complicated and the emphasis should be on the soft parenting, which it should be anyway, I think for a lot of us. And then you balance it out with the harder parenting that needs to be done. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, um, my oldest stepdaughter said it's, it's like the the best step parents kind of like the, the fun aunt or uncle, like the, you know, it's, it's it's softer. It's not, it's not the, yeah. they've got your back. They understand you. It's actually a beautiful and really important role in a child's life. It can be a stunning, stunning thing that helps them in so many ways, but it's complicated and humans are messy and parenting is messy (laughs) and gladiators are messier. (laughs) (laughs) So true. I wish you didn't carry that shield around all the time. (laughs) I know. know, And that broadsword, geez, geez. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, this has been such a wonderful. Uh, as usual, where do we send the check oh. for our therapy <laughs> session? Um... <laughs> Thank you. Well, I would love to come back. I feel yes. like there's so many other conversations. There's oh, every there conversation are. opens up another yes, whole world does. of things that we can talk about. Yes. So, and you're so delightful and so funny. Oh, it's, it's oh, so wonderful. are you. So oh, are you. you. It's just it's just Thank wonderful. You. No what? you. No you. <laughs> <laughs> and what should, what should people know about um, things they can check out with Connected Parenting? Yeah. Sure. What, so, what do you got coming so up? Go to, the Connected, <laughs> go to the Connected Parenting website because we've got everything there. So there's information there on the parenting course, which you mentioned already. And there's two types of models you can use for the course. One is just on-demand videos, which are pretty entertaining. And then people, and they're yours for life. They don't disappear after 60 days. You keep them forever. And people watch them over and over again. Yeah, yeah. The other version of that is that um, you can uh, purchase that, the, the course that has the coaching calls where you actually interact with me once a month and I'm online with parents from all over the world, gladiator parents from all over the world. But if you don't have a gladiator, don't worry. This works beautifully on ordinary kids sure. as well. And then there's also a Facebook group where I interact either with video answers, actual written answers, or sometimes just audio answers. So I'm, I'm pretty engaged in there. It's an ongoing way to have access directly to me and our team as well. And then we have the books, of course, which you mentioned at the yep. beginning. There's my Connected Parenting podcast. So people who want to dive into the calm technique, which we kind of skimmed across today. The first two episodes really go deeply into that. The Mental Health Comedy Podcast, where I interview, uh, along with a comedian, Ed Krasnick, we interview well-known entertainers and yeah. comedians who who struggle with mental health. And yeah. we talk about strategies. It's not just about mental health. We talk about what to do, like actual tools, which is amazing. I, I a lot of fun. I love that. I just love that podcast. Well, because you get uh, so many useful tips just as a parent or just as a human being. Like, Oh, as a human being. You know, and the people yeah. are so honest and open and yeah. real. It's and They're so candid about mental health. And Ed is really passionate about comedy and mental health, that, that he really believes that that's a way to um, to reach people and heal people and help people. And yeah. I think that's wonderful. So we've got a few projects that we're going to be focused on with comedy as well, which is kind of fun. What else? Oh, the role play playground. This is a big one. And this mm. is really cost effective because I want to individual therapy, you know, if you don't have insurance can be quite expensive. Sure. So that's one of the reasons why I came up with the course, but also the role playing playground, which it's a subscription subscription model so that parents join, you can, you can join for a month at a time. And once a week you meet with two people on our connected parenting team. We, we offer a few times a week where you practice the calm technique. Oh. So you're actually role playing and like, okay, you be the teenager. Oh God, that didn't, yeah. that didn't work. Oh, that worked really well. And is really supportive and really fun. And again, from parents, there's parents from all over the world in yeah. there. And that's a really cost-effective and really supportive, exciting way to practice yeah. the, the calm technique. And you get also, you know, all, all kinds of other connected parenting, parenting advice in there as well. So. And where, where do they find the role-playing playground? They can find all of it on the connected parenting website. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. It's all on there. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. No, that'd be great. And, and and like, you know, there's there's no stakes. You're just practicing instead of practicing, practicing. on your child. And, and you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and really what's so wonderful is because often you think you're the only parent that has a kid like your gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. And that must be some flaw in you as parents. And there's must be something you're doing wrong. And then what you hear on the coaching calls and in the role play is like, oh my God, I am so not alone. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. really a thing. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I I'm gonna... sure I forgot something, but. That's, well, yeah. we'll have to have you back on That's so right. you can tell us what that thing was. That's right. I did, one, one quick comment, though. So Mr. Krasner and, and the, the whole mental health po uh, comedy podcast, it doesn't a lot of comedy come from pain, though? It general? does. It yeah. does. And, and one of the things we talk about in the show is comedians who are often really bright. I mean, the very details that they can find in normal life that they can bring out and make funny means that they have a brain that can fractalize and break things down into little pieces. And, mm -hmm. and when you've channeled that, it, it, it's genius. It's, it's a craft. It's an art. It, you can really pull people in. But what happens when a lot of comedians are off the stage, um, their brain works that way around everything. So mm -hmm. it will go in the opposite direction, in the negative direction right into what's wrong and anxiety and depression and overthinking. And, you know, it, that can actually, it's sort of the, the way to look at it. It's the shadow of that genius. Yeah. Mm. And that gift can get really ugly and difficult. And, and it's not just comedians. It happens with all kinds of artists. It happens with, you know, bright people, uh, with all people. Sure. sure. Not overthinking. But yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why you'll find uh, entertainers and comedians have, can often have such struggles with mental health. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. 
<laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, well, I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so are That's we. Right. Yeah, so right. please come back. Yes. Um, we have one fun question. One one fun question. Last time we asked, yes. asked about, you know, where do you want to go after COVID, which of course now... We're not even sure. Not still even sure, going on. Whatever. COVID may never end. I know. know. It may be with us forever. We and hope then, not. And then also what your favorite drink was. Now, I uh, would want to ask about where's your spot? And what I mean by that is... I believe that there is that everyone, if they don't, they should get one, have a spot in the world, whether it's a, a nook in their room, whether it's a beach, a certain beach or, or a playground or, or a park or whatever it is where they feel absolute, like they're, like they're at home, like they're just calm yeah. and, and, and mm-hmm. secure and, and free like of, of anything. Where's yeah. that spot for yep. you? I think right now. That's but well, I, we're I, we're big into camping. My husband and I mm. we have a little RV and it's, we just pull it everywhere. And I think right now it's I just came from there on the weekend. We were at the Ansaborego Desert and it's oh. this beautiful, um, wide open space. There's not even campsites. Yeah. You just go pull in and pick the most beautiful spot, and you're just surrounded by such beauty and such and mountains and peace. Oh, and it's wonderful. You that can relax perfect. there like nowhere else. <laughs> yeah. And I was just I there. It. I love it. Aww. That's wonderful. That's why you're all it. bright right. and shiny. That's right. <laughs> Batteries recharged. <laughs> That's right. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, this you're welcome. Wonderful. I love you both. That's fantastic. I look too. forward to coming back. <laughs> oh, right. thank you so much. All right. Take, all right. Care. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye. Wasn't she great? Oh, jeez. I mean, oh, first I of really, all, time flies with that one. I know. And also, I really do feel like we need to pay her for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned so much. I feel better prepared. We do. Also, actually, I do want her on again because I have some other yeah, questions. We can all dig into the step parent. Well, yeah. The well, there's, there's that. There is that. Especially since I tend to be much more of a hard parent. I know. That is, that is my. You gotta be soft. Like I know. Pils- Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> Are you calling me fat? No. <laughs> you my have to be a God. soft parent. You have to be as soft. We're going to talk after this, <laughs> ma'am. No. <laughs> also, I know I am. I have been a hard parent with my kids, right? Like, do this, do that. But that's blah 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 blah. Yeah, that, that's my flesh and blood. And it it's a it's an interesting situation because with our kids being you know within ten years, five kids within ten years of each other, mm-hmm. I know that if I come across soft, right on on with with something with with your two wonderful little women, that you know my kids going to be like what. Yeah. Right. Right. But then you have, you have to, it's just not the same. I know. I know. I know. It's It's just not the same. It's the challenge. That's all it is. Living for the challenge. It's the lovely puzzle we get to figure out every freaking day. (laughs) It's, it's the gladiator (laughs) arena we're in every day. That's true. No, but she was again, as, as usual, incredibly insightful. Just so great. Yeah. She's so uh, helpful. Please go to connectedparenting.com. Check out her programs. They're, they are so worth it. Oh yeah. I mean, wonderful. Yes. So, um, how about instead of a dad joke today, how about if I just bad jokes? Okay. Is that, uh, is there a difference I'm kidding. <laughs> between dad jokes and bad jokes? I thought they were the same. <laughs> I'm getting a stare down for those of you who cannot see. I'm getting a interesting look of another thing we're going to talk horror. about. After this recording. Oh no, I'm in trouble. Ma'am. <laughs> no. <laughs> this might be the last one. No. <laughs> so uh, you heard like horse walks into a bar. Sure. Bartender says, hey, why the long face? Mm, yes. I have heard that one. Yes. Is that bad? That's, that's bad. That's a bad joke. That's bad. Want to hear an adult bad joke? Mm, I do. I. <laughs> Fire hydrant walks into a bar. Uh-huh. Bartender says, I'm sorry. We don't serve your kind here. Oh. Fire hydrant says, that's okay. We're just looking for hose. Oh <laughs> my gosh. That's bad on multiple levels. <laughs> Why? They need it. It's an oh integral part of, of their existence. Uh, yes. There's no. <laughs> HR. Yeah. Really. HR. I know. Human resources. I, hey. Wait, yeah, yeah. Let me call human resources. Hello, me. Hi. How are you? I told a joke. Oh, that's good. Was it good? Yeah, it was, no, it was no, good and bad. No, well, it was terrible in multiple levels. <laughs> no. So, hey, look. That's something we will talk about. <laughs> now it's my turn. We're going to talk about that off air. No, I'm scared. No, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining us. If you have any 
questions or you have some people that you think would be great to have as guests and contributors to this podcast, please write us at podcast at whattheparent.com. If you wish to support us, because we're all about the support, uh, go to Patreon, Patreon, What the Parent, and uh, you can support us there. There's some extra goodies that you guys will get from behind the scenes stuff and um, other podcast recordings that are not made public. That's right. So um, support us. Tune yeah, in Tune please. in next time. Please. And then um, spread the word, spread the love. You know, we're on all the major formats for podcasting. So, you know, get, get the word out there. Cause we would, uh, we'd love to keep, you know, keep doing this for a long time. It's a lot of fun. And we hope that you guys are finding it entertaining as well as yes. educational. Educational. At least, at least a, little a little bit. bit. Yeah. Hope we're so, helping you out. Exactly. So uh, thanks again. And until next time, we'll just see you on the flip side. Yeah. See you next time.